When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And good Friday to you and yours. Amber Wilson, Freddie, coming in for the guys today. And Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. 30 minutes away from concern in Los Angeles involving a certain limb when it comes to one of their athletes. That comes away in about 30 minutes. And looking at the game last night, by the way, you can weigh in on this at triple eight say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let us know which quarterback is in the best position to succeed, which quarterback is in the worst position to succeed. We'll let you know our thoughts in a couple of minutes. You can weigh in at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Amber, I'm looking at Derek Carr last night. He got his boy back, Devontae Adams. They were buds at Fresno State. They stayed buds in the NFL, even though they were playing on different teams. Now they're together. This guy, Derek Carr, kept that organization afloat. When everything was falling apart last year, it seemed like that they were not going to make the playoffs. They get in the playoffs. They were a couple of bad referee calls away from beating the Cincinnati Bengals and advancing. I looked at Derek Carr's face last night, and he's probably thinking to himself, now people can leave me alone. I got a guy that puts me in an even better position to challenge Kansas City and the Chargers and the Broncos in what's going to be the best division of football when it comes to the AFC West. I've always thought Derek Carr was one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. And I thought last year was incredibly impressive. As you mentioned, just in terms of keeping that ship righted through John Gruden and Henry Ruggs, the third and everything that happened surrounding Mm -hmm. that organization for them to actually make the postseason through all of that was a feat onto itself. And that's all credit to Derek Carr's leadership. And so now he's actually got weapons at his disposal. And, and frankly, this team upgraded in numerous ways, not just when it comes to Devontae Adams. In fact, Freddie, you could argue that they got the best free agent both offensively and defensively this offseason. So the Las Vegas Raiders did what they could to put Derek Carr in a winning position moving forward. The whole problem is everybody else in that division. That's the problem for Derek Carr and the Raiders. I mean, I could see a world where they finish last in the division. Mm -hmm. I could even see a world where they finish first in the division. That AFC West is stacked. Everybody got better. Maybe you could make the argument Kansas City took a step back, but it's Kansas City. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. And everybody else in that division (laughs) improved markedly this offseason. So the Raiders did that. I just don't know if it'll end up being enough to overcome everybody else who's out there. Real quick, I'm going to bring in the Kansas City Chiefs fan who shot my name is James Steele because you should have seen the look on his face, Amber. He was waving you off when you were giving all the plaudits to the Las Vegas Raiders. James Steele, the floor is yours. Speak on your Kansas City Chiefs team. Yeah, that whole narrative's overrated. They're going to be fine. They have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They're fine. I've been saying that, but they too. they don't have Tyreek Hill. The actual wide too. receiver room is better than it was last year, even oh, without Tyreek Hill. I won't go that far than, now. Hold, hold on. on you second, me, uh, hold on. The, the number one target has always been Travis Kelsey. Just ask Oh, yeah. Keyshawn. There's no doubt. That's I'm with guy. you. Sure. Uh uh, Juju's better than anyone else besides Tyreek Hill they had there last year. Oh, besides that guy. Right, got it. MVS uh, is better than anyone else they've had there uh, besides, besides that Tyreek, Tyreek Hill. Hill guy who's no longer I there. said the room as a whole. I didn't say anyone was <laughs> yeah. better than Tyreek Hill. <laughs> he, he, they they yeah. went and drafted Sky Moore. Yeah, who uh, I like a lot. Right, so like the, the room is better than it was last year. Yeah. He probably has more people to throw to 
than he did last year, you, where you, it was the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You know, you know why the rumor's better? Because Patrick Mahomes is still alive. As Patrick long as he's still Mahomes, alive. Patrick he, Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. I, know, I know we can't stop talking about Josh Allen and the Bills who are, have been <laughs> well, hyped up Well, all Josh Allen's a bad boy, season. though. He's a but, bad boy. Patrick Mahomes exists. Patrick Mahomes exists. Josh Allen's team got significantly better, though, this offseason, whereas Kansas City let the best receiver in the league walk out the door. I understand why they couldn't pay him. They couldn't Mm -hmm. pay him, by the way, because of that Patrick Mahomes guy. That's why they couldn't pay him the way the Dolphins did. Here's the deal with that, and I'm not going to say that, Amber, you're going to be right or wrong, or James, you're going to be right or wrong, but I will say this. Until I actually see it in that division, I'm taking Kansas City. I know a lot of love for the Chargers. I know a lot of love to the Raiders. And I know a lot of love to the Buffalo Bills. Until I actually see somebody beat the Kansas City Chiefs in that situation, I'm still taking Kansas City. For my money, they're still the best team going into the AFC in this year. And I know all the hype of the Buffalo Bills, and deservedly so, because that team is going to be really good once again. But until you actually beat that team in the football field and do it in a situation, I'm not convinced. I love the Raiders, and I think Derek Carr's in a great position. Justin Herbert, to me, is an elite quarterback in the National Football League when it comes to the Chargers. I still have concerns about Russell Wilson. We thought best and worst positions. I don't know exactly if Russell Wilson may be with a better team when it comes to Denver Broncos. That does mean it's a better position because he could want to be in fourth place with the Denver Broncos in that division. But until somebody takes down Kansas City in a playoff game and those teams haven't done it in that division, I'm not taking any team in that division over Kansas City. I'm just not doing it without Tyreek Hill. I don't have a problem with that, right? Because we do believe in Andy Reid and we do believe in Patrick Mahomes and they have been so dominant in that division leading up to this point. I don't have a problem with the attitude that will unseat them when they actually are unseated. But this notion that the wide receiver room is better without Tyreek Hill, without the best receiver. I mean, it's such nonsense. And I, Harry Douglas also tried to convince me of this. And, you know, Harry spent many years in the league playing the wide receiver position. But I'm just not going to buy into the fact that they got an upgrade in that receiver room. It is going to be receiver by committee. It's not like he doesn't have anybody left. I understand that. They brought in a couple pieces there in Juju and Valdez Scantling to try to fill the Tyreek left hole, except for you can't fill it because it's Tyreek Hill that we're talking about. So there's no chance that it's going to be an upgrade overall. By the way, real quick, Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, all the James Steele, Keisha J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. James, I'm going to give you the last word on this real quick. Real quick. Yeah, is is Juju better than Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle? Is Juju better than Tyreek Hill? I rest my case. Well, no, no, the, no, 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 no. Stop no, changing the su- no. Stop changing the topic. Good burn, but that by isn't the way. The Juju better the than Demarcus That's Robinson? That's the problem. Because you want to argue everybody after Tyreek Hill by ignoring the void left they, by they you lost know one guy, Tyreek Hill, and they brought in a whole bunch. The the room is better. I'm not going to go where the room is better. We'll see. But Tyreek Hill is going to miss Patrick Mahomes a lot. When he's catching those fair catch helicopters from his band to a tug of Iloa down in Miami, he's going to be looking wistfully west going, man, that ball got here a lot quicker when that guy was throwing me the football. Patrick Mahomes is going to miss Tyree Kill, but because he spreads the ball around to so many different people now, it may be harder to defend Kansas City because Tyreek Hill commanded so much of Travis Kelsey, he can spread the ball around like a point guard better than he did with Tyreek Hill being there. That's not to say they're going to be better without Tyreek Hill, 
but it's a lot more of a chance that Kansas City won't take a step back as much as Tyreek Hill's going to take a step back not having Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback right, settle, in Miami. Settle down about my Dolphins over there. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it looks like. Did you see that bomb coming out of training camp, that yeah. connection between Tua and Tyreek? Oh, yeah. It could look nice. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, and underwear and helmets. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I want to see him do that with a guy 250 pounds bearing down and making that kind of throw. I, I like James's attitude would be uh, they might have lost Tom Brady, but the second and third string guy, collectively, they upgraded. So, overall, that quarterback's room is better. Like, many, that's the type of argument that you're how making. How many quarterbacks play at one okay, time? But I, okay, fine. But that's, that's, that's exactly terrible, what, that's that's essentially what you're doing here. With that's terrible. Kill. You two to how take many quarterbacks on the play road. one time? One. How many wide receivers the ball on the field to one, one of them like at five. a time, though? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> James is offended. James got offended. Amber Wilson doesn't offend anybody. And James got offended and got his backup about his Kansas City Chiefs. This is great. This is fantastic. I'm mad today. You really are. You're mad. Like, like you're a long-suffering I'm Chiefs angry. fan. Get out of here. <laughs> mad. I'm so yeah. mad that yeah. I've been dominant yeah. for so long. The Amber, these Super Bowls just make me mad. Amber's not trying to hear because the last time her team, the Dolphins, and my team, the Jets, won a world championship, gas was free in this country. Yeah, let's talk about time. mad. Mad's not winning a playoff game since 2001, James. That's mad, okay? You're I've not been mad, there before. buddy. I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, a long time like, ago. I, I know you're yeah, like four years ago. Like, well, it's not that long ago. I've been there before. It's not the same. The stretch though. since you're not been there pretty now. Pretty it's been great. Yeah. I, it's absolutely you're not awesome. there now. I've been there before. You're I, not I, I there can, now. I can I can sympathize. This is like when Patriots fans try to be relatable. Oh right? my God! Doesn't absolutely. The only thing missing from this whole argument is Miami and Kansas City don't play in the regular season. That's the whole thing that's missing because there has to be a wager between you two in that game. Well, I don't know if I'm taking that wager. I mean, I might be betting on James' team. Got to be honest with you. <laughs> See. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, Amber, with, with the Tyree Kill discussion. I do think my Dolphins are going to be much improved. I do think the I Dolphins so. have the fastest wide receiver room in the NFL. There you go. The fastest wide receiver room in well, the NFL. Well, now I sound yeah. like James. No, but with Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, Cedric Wilson Jr., it's a completely fair argument that they have the fastest wide receiver room in the NFL, but they're going to be catching a lot of five and 10 yard outs. From type from Tua Tagovailoa because I still wonder if he can make those intermediate throws where he can hit guys in stride where they can keep going and get what I go. He's going to have to have a lot of long shorties. I'm going to text you that video from training camp, Freddie. Well, not seeing the video until I see him doing with guys in uniforms and the other side trying to knock his head off. Then I'm not going to be impressed. I know, but I see Patrick Mahomes do that with guys trying to knock his head off. No matter who's playing wide receiver. Well, you're setting the bar pretty high for Tua to yes, try to compete yeah, with. Yeah, if the barometer is Patrick Mahomes, I'm just trying to get him to be like, you know, I don't know, Ryan 10 and 7, right 11 and 6. <laughs> Better than what you've been lately. <laughs> Amber Wilson, Freddie Cobble, thanks for joining us in Keyshot. Jay Will and Max, keep weighing in. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which quarterbacks are in the best and worst positions to succeed? Like a, a Dak Prescott in Dallas, a Lamar Jackson, Baltimore, and Rogers in Green Bay, 888 729 3776. And we're going to get to the why when it comes to Roger Goodell, Deshaun Watson, and this number involving all of that and the Cleveland Browns. Keep it here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Let's have answers to these questions, and nobody does that better than Jeff Darlington. As an ESPN NFL reporter, he joins us here on Keyshawn, J. Will Max. And Jeff, I'm going to start right there when it comes to all of this. Why did Commissioner Roger Goodell in the NFL decide to go with Peter C. Harvey when it comes to the appeal of the Deshaun Watson suspension that was handed down on Monday? Well, yeah, so ultimately, Freddie, it's a good question. And I think that it's important to understand part of the process here that was just negotiated in the most recent collective bargaining agreement between the union, Watson's own union, and the NFL. So this is part of the process in terms of if the NFL didn't like the decision that Sue Robinson ultimately came down with, uh, and Sue Robinson being the person who was decided between the NFL and the NFLPA. They can appeal it. And the person who hears that appeal is either Roger Goodell or his designee. It's an amazing thing when you look at this in the CBA to think that the union actually agreed to this. I mean, to go through the, the personal conduct policy and I understand where Watson's side might be coming from when they tell Diana Rossini that. But at the same time, it's a little late for that argument. This right. was something that should have been decided in the CBA. So to come out and say it now, well, that just kind of sounds like it's because you just didn't get your way. Because now, ultimately, Roger Goodell, because of his schedule, I'm told by an NFL source, has designated uh, this, the, this person, Harvey, a former state attorney for the state of New Jersey, or attorney general, I'm sorry, for the state of New Jersey, he will oversee this. But by no means is this supposed to be um, an independent or neutral person. The NFL is not trying to put the pull the wool over anybody's eyes. They're willing to tell you, no, this is just a guy that Roger Goodell has decided is his guy to oversee this. And ultimately, it's hard to believe that it won't be anything but what the NFL wants, which, by the way, is a one-year suspension and a decently hefty fine against Deshaun Watson. Now, Jeff, I believe I saw you tweet out that Peter C. Harvey has a former relationship with the NFL because he's handled these sorts of disciplinary matters in the past, acting as an arbitrator on behalf of the NFL. Is is that correct? And how has he conducted himself in those previous arbitrations? Do you have any information on that? I mean, has he typically ruled and sided with the NFL? You obviously mentioned there that he's not wholly independent and he was appointed only by the NFL, not agreed upon by the NFL and the NFLPA. 
Right. Yes, he does have precedent. Um, I, I believe uh, I shouldn't even say this. I, he had some role in the Ezekiel Elliott arbitration, but okay. I, I, to what extent I don't want to say. Um, I don't know whether it was him that ultimately decided that one. I'll have to look that up for you. But ultimately, he does have a, a pretty strong relationship with the league office. Um, he serves on the new diversity panel that they just put together. Uh, like you said, he's been retained by the NFL to oversee some of these arbitrations in the past. So again, um, the way it was explained to me is that expertise is certainly part of this, that he understands what he's getting into. But the other part of it very literally is Roger Goodell's schedule, traveling to the Hall of Fame game. He has league meetings on Tuesday, and they recognize this needs to be an expedited process. Uh, but again, I, I think it's just so important to point out, this is not a scenario where the NFL is trying to say that this is a neutral or independent person. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, we can feel that way about Sue Robinson, and you can feel another way if you say, oh man, this, this feels cheap by the NFL, they should have just listened to Sue Robinson. But ultimately, this was put into place for a reason. I think it's a little bit coincidental, if you will, that <laughs> or uh, unfortunate that the first case that's being basically um, decided in this new process happens to be this one, which is incredibly complicated and and not exactly the type of one-dimensional issue. Uh, this is exactly probably the reason the NFL wanted to have final say in the appeals process for an exact case like this one. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Hit him on Twitter, Jeff Darlington. Joining Freddie Coleman and Amber Wilson on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. I'm going to go back to what you said about Roger Goodell's schedule. So if I'm reading this properly, Jeff, if all this wasn't yeah. taking place, are you saying Roger Goodell would have been the person hearing the appeal from Deshaun Watson if he wanted to? He certainly could have. And uh, look, I know that from my conversations in the past, Goodell wanted nothing to do with being the deciding factor in, in Deshaun Watson's situation. In fact, the reason why this process was put into place was not just to spite the NFLPA, the union, but instead owners didn't, they were trying to find a way to get Roger Goodell sort of outside the prism of that role that was the judge, jury, and executioner that everybody has fun talking about. Ultimately, um, that safeguard was put into place about the appeal. So there are some people who say, well, hey, you're the guy. Go ahead and just make the decision now. Um, ultimately, though, he is putting somebody in place. Like he, I mean, he could just as easily be on the phone with Peter Harvey saying, hey, dude, we got to go with a year. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not collusion. It's not anything like that. So wow. he could ultimately just be the guy to decide it. But I think the league owners would also kind of like to see him maybe just not have his his face and identity attached so firmly to the discipline itself. Yeah, from an optics perspective, it's hard for me to believe that this was just a scheduling issue for Roger Goodell, <laughs> him him bringing in a designee. I, I uh, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jeff, you mentioned there the timetable. You mentioned that they want this to be an expedited process. I mean, how long do we expect this appeal process is going to take? So really, the only thing that can happen at this point in terms of not, not new information, but additional information is the the NFLPA now has the right to respond in a briefing to the NFL's appeal. And they have to do that by the end of business today. So the NFLPA in Watson's camp will submit that back to the league to say, this is why we don't agree that his suspension should be increased at all. No new information or evidence can be added to that. So really, the hay is in the barn in terms of the investigation. Then um, Peter Harvey will take that into consideration. 
I guess long and short of it is the NFL has not given me a timeline, mm-hmm. but it seems very reasonable them understanding these to be expedited that by, I'd say, midweek next week, uh, total guess on my part, but just in terms of, of the vibe here, I think that that would be when we'd expect a decision to come down. ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Jarlington with Freddie coming to Amber Wilson and Keyshawn J. Will and Max. What is the likelihood, Jeff, that Deshaun Watson may go another year without playing in the NFL? Look, it's very possible. I guess the other thing we should point out here, though, is the potential for legal system to get involved here. Um, and not to take you too far down this wormhole, but, uh, you know, in Ezekiel Elliott's situation in 2017, when he, the NFL announced that he had a six-game suspension, they did so on August 17th. So what are we, August 5th right now? So a few weeks from now, imagine this comes down for Ezekiel Elliott. He did not end up serving his suspension until week 10 because it was was bogged down in the legal system. He got an injunction while it was being heard to allow him to play. It was on again, off again. Ultimately, it was not until, I think, October 17th that he withdrew his appeal and started to serve a suspension. So it is very possible, is my point here, Mm -hmm. that Deshaun Watson could still be under center week one for the Cleveland Browns if this does go through the legal system. Uh, If it doesn't go down that way, then you're absolutely right. It could be two years before Deshaun Watson takes a real game snap uh, at the quarterback position. Just when we thought we were over with this by Monday, Jeff Jonathan was like, nope, here we are on Friday, and the same old, same old on <laughs> the NFL. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and player discipline and all that other stuff. I always appreciate you, Jeff. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Jeff Johnson, we'll ESPN NFL reporter. That's right. Hit him on Twitter, Jeff Johnson. Amber, he even pointed out saying, hey, this could be the situation, again, where he could be there week one. And can you imagine what that could potentially look like, Amber, if everything works out to the point where Deshaun Watson could be there for week one of the NFL season? And, oh, by the way, the Cleveland Browns are going to play the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield could be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in week one. It would be pretty wild to see. I think that, you know, when the Browns and Watson and the NFLPA are considering where to take this next and how to challenge this, it's all going to come down to what actually happens, of course, in this appeal. But if you are going to go to federal court and you are going to seek an injunction, this may be sound silly to say, right? Because we're talking about such serious accusations and a serious matter here. But there yeah. is a football component to the story, of course, Freddie. And football is what we do here. And if you're Watson's camp, do you want to seek an injunction if you think, in fact, that you're ultimately going to lose, which chances are you're ultimately going to lose, and then you're serving out your suspension the back end of the season as opposed to the front end of this Brown season, or you're serving your suspension next season when you have $47 million that's coming your way as opposed to $1 million that you'd be losing this season or less than that in terms of per game checks. Right now, it's like 350000 that he's about to lose in game checks if the six-week suspension stands. So there's some considerations there. If you're Deshaun Watson's camp, do you want to be out there in week one? Do you want an injunction moving forward that would allow you to even do that, frankly, from a football perspective and a financial perspective, if ultimately you end up serving some sort of significant suspension? Sue Robinson thought she was doing the right thing, and she did. And the NFL said, yeah, let's think about that. And now here we are back again with a potential added games and a fine when it comes to Sean Watson and when he's going to play under center for the Cleveland Browns. In other words, stay tuned. It's not English, Amber, but I will say this based on what I just heard and what you just heard. Uh-oh. 
Oh, boy, when it comes to the Rams and this dealing with Matthew Stafford still having elbow issues from last season. I won't make a big deal out of them babying him in the preseason, right, or in training camp. I don't have a huge problem with that. We're talking about a man who proved that he can be at the helm and win a Super Bowl this past season. There's no reason to put more pressure on his body right now. But I do think when we're talking about a quarterback, Freddie, who is in his mid-30s, and apparently it's an unusual pain. It's unusual for a quarterback to have this pain in his elbow. It has been described as tendonitis that appears pretty severe. That pain is something that is bothering him. And then when you heard Sean McVay say that we've tried some things this offseason to alleviate that pain is like yo everything we're trying isn't working I mean that seems problematic he did suffer the elbow injury last season he was dealing with it as well he received an injection in his right elbow this offseason we are talking about his throwing arm so that's problematic too but if the injections aren't working if whatever else they've done isn't working and again you are talking about a quarterback who is in his mid-30s I do think that's cause for concern and I don't even remember the name of the backup that you just said a few minutes ago who (laughs) John Walford. I mean, with all due respect, John Walford. No, I get it. I I understand. (laughs) I mean, he's not a name on anybody's lips. He's 6'1", 200 pounds, played at Wake Forest. He's been in the league three years. So that's the update, who he is, just for you. Well, I appreciate it because I had no idea before this conversation who that is. Uh Uh-huh. And he's got some big shoes to fill if Matthew Stafford is going to be battling through this. So, yeah, I think that there's a legitimate concern here when it comes to the Rams and their ability to repeat. And if you're the Rams, and when Matthew Stafford says that he still has a lot of work to do physically just to get ready to go, normally I don't mind people erring on the side of caution. But to put that out there, to be that transparent, not just Matthew Stafford, but Sean McVay, being that transparent in the early days of camp, that's why there should be some concern if you're a Rams fan. That's why there is concern based on what we heard from Sean McVay and what Matthew Stafford had to say about, man, we got a lot of work to do just to be ready to go by week one, opening night, which happens four weeks, five weeks from yesterday. Opening night is five weeks from last night when the Rams take on the Buffalo Bills. And there was that being put out there by this organization about the potential lack of availability for week one when it comes to Matthew Stafford. And it shows, Amber, how much pain he played through last year just to get to the end of the regular season, to the end of the playoffs, and win that Super Bowl with that team, that there's still that residual that's going on right now that has plenty of concern that all of a sudden John Walford could be the opening day starter for the Rams. You don't know how that's going to work when Matthew Stafford is supposed to be a guy, but the injury may keep him from doing that at least for week one. You mentioning the week one being five weeks away. That took the wind out of my sails a little bit. I was on a high coming off the Hall of Fame game last night. I felt like it was right around the corner, still over a month away. You're right. I I do think that if you were talking about just run-of-the-mill reports coming out of training camp that our quarterback's not throwing or he's a little sore, you wouldn't read anything into it. What bothers me about this is the discussion about him playing through the pain. Now, he did it last season, and it won a Super Bowl. So is it that kind of playing? through pain or is it elevated playing through pain this season I don't remember hearing a lot about this last season that's my concern that's my problem we're hearing so much about this right now and typically a team might not even want you to hear so much about this they're being really transparent McVeigh has said you want him to operate in as little pain as possible of course you do but what level of pain are we talking about and what level of discomfort is this going to actually cost him games in a 17 game season now is he going to be able to get through the grind 
grind of the entire season, what kind of pain are we talking about? If it's tolerable, like it appeared to be last season, then this isn't really a concern. It just feels like the noise around this is louder as we head into this season. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. And how many times have we seen when either you win a championship or you get to a championship and you have this as a starting point where you're trying to push that rock uphill? It's always tough to do that anyway, being a defending champion. And now you have this at the most important position in sports when it comes to quarterback. And your quarterback is already compromised, and you've openly talked about it as an organization, whether you're the quarterback or a head coach. That kind of effect on the rest of the team is going to be really interesting, Amber, how the Rams handle that. Because when you had all that glad handling, you finally broke through. Aaron Donald pointed to the ring finger saying, I finally got one. Cooper Cup, one of the best receivers in the National League, one of the best players in the NFL. And you're ready to try to run it back in an NFC that's gotten a little bit better, especially in your division. And all of a sudden, you're already going into the season with that rock becoming a bold at the quarterback position. I can't wait to see how they handle this in training camp because at the beginning of the regular season, they're not going to be the Rams team we thought we were going to see based on how they are really concerned about Matthew Stafford that John Wolford may want him not just playing opening day, but maybe a couple of games after that until Matthew Stafford's elbow is going to be right. And then you got to get used to everything and get back up to speed as quick as you possibly can with the regular season. You're not there at the beginning of the regular season. And you're talking about a Rams team that is going to look a little bit different than the Rams team that won the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you're talking about a Rams team, presumably, maybe OBJ won't be there. We know what mm-hmm. they did this offseason with Vaughn Miller. So there's some pieces here that have changed for this Rams team already. What is it going to look like in that division? Are the 49ers going to be able to challenge this Rams team with Trey Lance at the helm? Are the Arizona Cardinals coming off of that Kyler Murray contract going to be a threat to this Rams team and actually be able to get something done towards the end of the regular season and right. in the post? season unlike the last couple years and so there are questions here if Matthew Stafford isn't fully healthy again a guy in his mid-30s and we know you and I talked about earlier in the show and we were talking about LeBron I mean age does matter when it comes to recovering from these injuries this is obviously an injury that has been lingering for some time there's no reason to believe this is just going to go away overnight Mm. that's why the NFL is the best reality show ever you can have other reality shows keep them Give me this. <laughs> you got this with the Rams. You got other quarterback issues out there. Miami to us going by lower. Is he going to be the guy? Zach Wilson with the New York Jets. What can he do in year two? Anytime you always think about, and especially we got this, Amber, on a week in which a major baseball series is going on between the Braves and the Mets in the NL East. And the NFL continues to dominate because so many of these storylines have people going, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? And it doesn't seem to stop. We're nowhere near the regular season. We just got preseason start action that started last night with the Rays and the Jaguars and all these storylines out there keeping the NFL right where they are at the top of the food chain when it comes to sports. I felt like we were at, at, almost at the regular season until you mentioned the whole five week thing. You know, you you really you really I, crushed I, I, the high. I, I did already. I, I I destroyed Christmas. Well, we were in that. We were in the mood. You know, we saw some NFL action last night. We didn't see the starters, <laughs> but it was some NFL football, presumably, yeah, right? Yes, so was, uh, uh, now. Now you brought now. Well, I mean, let's be real about who was out there last night. <laughs> Some of these guys will be working at a local, you know, like a Publix or Kroger near you. Is what you tell yeah, me? Yeah, they're not all going to be in the NFL. No, no, not, they're not. Not week one. But at least they had that. At least they had that last night, being the only game on when it comes to NFL and preseason action. I mentioned the Mets and the Braves, part of the NL East battle this weekend. Don't forget to tune into that battle tomorrow night, presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins at six thirty Eastern time on ESPN Radio. 
and the ESPN app. With the now crestfallen Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us, and Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max. We're going to try to build our spirits back up when it comes to NFL, believe it or not, but it's guaranteed to make you mad about your team. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Joining us are Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80 ESPN News with Amber Wilson. I'm Freddie Coleman. We're going to do a little NFL Believe It or Not. Our man Pat Costello, he's going to throw stuff at us, and I guarantee when it comes to your NFL team, you're not going to be happy with us. So Pat Costell with a little underneath music from Smash Mouth remaking the monkeys. I'm a believer. The floor is yours with a little NFL believe it or not, Pat Costello. Guys, believe it or not, Mac Jones will take a leap this year. Freddie? Yeah, well, hell yeah, he's going to take a leap this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I know a lot of people made a concern uh, in terms of, hey, what's going on when it comes to who's calling the offensive plays? Mac Jones is going to be better than he was last year. Devontae Park, if he stays healthy, along with Jacoby Myers, yeah. keeping on Tyquan Thornton, who's I, good to wide receiver out of Baylor, and also the Titans, Hunter Henry. So, Amber, I firmly believe he's going to take a leap this year for the Patriots. Uh, I'm going to actually say he's not going to take a leap, which might surprise Freddie then, because you said yeah. that you can't argue against this. But yeah. I think that Mac Jones, we're talking about a quarterback who made a Pro Bowl in his rookie year. How much more of a leap can there possibly be, particularly for a Patriots? team where he just lost his OC and the dude who's going to be calling plays in his ear is a defensive guy from the past. I don't really have any reason to believe that this Patriots team is going to be much improved. I know that Mac Jones is in a good situation with Bill Belichick obviously as his coach and there's consistency in that regard. But I do think that they did what they could in bringing in Devontae Parker. As somebody who watched Devontae Parker for a lot of years in Miami, though, I mean, it's all going to come down to the health of Devontae Parker in terms of how much he can actually help out Mac Jones. I just don't think a leap. I'm not saying Mac Jones isn't going to be good this season, but we're talking about a guy who already made a Pro Bowl, right? So a leap would suggest that he's going to be markedly better than last season, and I don't know if that's going to be the case. 
You guys know you're supposed to turn your mic off when you want to talk to other people. I didn't. Uh, uh, I was, I was, I was wondering about that, but uh, yeah, I'm glad yeah. that you pointed it out. You know. so, so, Pat just wanted to bring more flavor to the show to throw us off, and it did not work. So continue, Pat Costello. <laughs> Jalen Hurts will make the Eagles elite this year. Uh, as an Eagles fan, I'm, you guys need to be careful with this one. So uh, believe it or not, Freddie. No. Okay. Uh, believe no. it or not, Amber. <laughs> Elite? Elite is way overstating. And I'm somebody who's been a Jalen Hurts fan since he was in college. I mean, I I wanted the Dolphins to do something crazy in that draft and draft both Tua and Jalen Hurts. Like, Uh I was like, let's get crazy. Let's. They had seven draft picks in that draft. Let's get crazy and have an insurance plan if Tua doesn't end up being the guy. I like him at the helm with the Eagles getting another opportunity here this season. I'm glad they didn't give up on him after last season. I thought he earned it towards the end of the regular season last season. I think Jalen Hurts could be better than people realize, but elite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Pat. The Eagles QB room is really good. It's never mind. Um, <laughs> See, don't start By trouble. Committee, collection. See, don't start trouble. I mean, Austin James going to get involved in a conversation again about the Chiefs. Don't start trouble, Pat Costello. Do we have to fight now? Like, I, don't, I, don't I don't know, but my money's happening. on you. <laughs> my money's on James. Aaron Rodgers will actually win multiple playoff games this year, believe it or not. I think he forgets one, but multiple. Uh, you can't lose Devontae Adams and think that that's going to be okay. But I will say this about Aaron Rodgers. That kind of motivation is going to be something that he's going to rally around and rally his team around. I mean, Alan Lazard, I mean, he's not Devontae Adams, nobody is, but that running game is going to be there. So I think they get one, but the NFC is better. I don't see getting multiple playoff wins this season for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. James is about to argue that because of their young prospects there in that wide receiver room, they're better without Devontae Adams collectively as a whole. I'm going to take it as a whole. Uh, yeah, I, wow. I, Burn. I, I will say that he will not. I mean, if he didn't last year with that team, right? It's it's hard to believe that he's going to live up to the expectation in the postseason. When we're at a situation where Aaron Rodgers got paid, I understand that Aaron Rodgers, I guess, had some epiphany. Uh, he took the drank the mushroom tea in the woods somewhere, and that yeah. that he is what he's crediting for his back-to-back MVPs. I would imagine Aaron Rodgers is still going to be playing at that level, but I do think that wide receiver room took a step back, and I think that that is potentially going to impact things there in Green Bay. I I just don't have any reason to believe that this team's going to be better than last season's team when he was quite literally the MVP, not just playing at an MVP level. I mean, you do see the difference between what the (laughs) Packers did at wide receiver and what the Chiefs did at wide receiver, right? All right. Relax. See, Pat, that's right? this is your fault, Pat. I, this is your right, fault. James, right? James is not allowed to have an answer for this one. <laughs> Believe it or not, Josh Allen will be the best QB in the NFL. No. I love Josh Allen, but no, he's not going to be. It's still Patrick Mahomes. And in a loaded I – mean, look at the quarterbacks in the AFC. Between Josh Allen and Buffalo, you got Mac Jones, who I think will improve with the New England Patriots. You got Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals. Lamar Jackson will improve once again and be in, not injury-free, but not as injured as was last year with Baltimore. You got what the Indianapolis Colts bring to Matt Ryan that can make them a better team. Then you got that whole division AFC West. So Josh Allen will be terrific, but he won't be the best quarterback in the AFC. That's still Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go yes, and not just because I like angering James here. But you but- do. I'm not even sure Patrick Mahomes is going to be the best quarterback in his division. I could see Justin Herbert being that this season with a much improved Chargers team and more development there from Herbert. So I will give it to Josh Allen in part because he's in a much easier division than Patrick Mahomes is in. (laughs) Nah. 
Jane. Oh, so you, Pat. And oh. also because I get to anger James. Oh, and boy, no, no, boy, James, you're not allowed to answer. That was the rule. Boy, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow will lead the Bengals back to the Super Bowl, believe it or not. No. AFC's loaded, and it's one thing to be the hunter, but now you're going to be the hunted. And I I don't I don't question that Joe Burrow can't handle that Amber, but everybody else handling that. It's going to be tough. They might not even win their own division. I think that division is still up for grabs because the Baltimore Ravens last year, before the injuries tore them apart, had the best record in the AFC after 10 games. So I could see the Ravens winning that division. It's going to be very difficult, even though they've improved that offensive line for Cincinnati to get back to the Super Bowl. Things lined up perfectly for this Bengals team last season. I remember towards the very end of the regular season, as we were going into the postseason, every team was decimated and also dealing with all sorts of COVID issues because that was the uptick in COVID, you'll remember, Freddie. And the Bengals somehow found themselves in a position where they were fully healthy. They were the healthiest team in mm-hmm. the NFL as they headed into the postseason. I remember I asked Adam Schefter about it on air, and he kind of brushed it off as a, as a sort of a silly storyline, right? Like everyone's injured, everyone deals with different health matters except for it ended up really mattering in this last postseason I think things just really lined up perfectly for the Bengals I'm not saying the Bengals are going away by any means but to end up in another Super Bowl in a loaded conference as you mentioned I think that's setting the bar too high we're so negative this morning. Patrick That's Mahomes. not true. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes will be even better without Tyreek Hill. James is not allowed to answer this no, one either. Oh, God, no. Believe it or what not. What is this question? Yeah, he, he won't be even better without Tyreek Hill, but he's not going to be as bad as people think without Tyreek Hill. He's still going to be terrific and spreading the football around, but, yeah, he's not going to be even better without a guy like that. I'm not buying that. Of course, Patrick Mahomes is not going to be better without the best receiver in the league. What are we doing here? Even Patrick Mahomes knows he's not going to be better without Tyreek Hill. I know James wants us to believe that he's going to be airing it out all over the place and that this receiver room by committee is going to work out better than having Tyreek there. You can't replace a talent like Tyreek Hill. What he does is amazing. Hopefully we'll see some of it for my Miami Dolphins this season. Uh, it's not going to look terrible, though, with Patrick Mahomes at the helm by any means. It's just not going to look as good or better than it did with Tyree. All right, quick last one. Tua will not be the QB for the Dolphins by the end of the season, believe it or not. He'll be the quarterback. I don't believe that. He'll be the quarterback at the end of the season with the Dolphins. I'm hoping it works out because now that the Dolphins don't have two first-rounders in 23, (laughs) they need it to work out. Let's put it that way. I believe it. Of course you do. By the way, yo, wait until you hear who compared Zach Wilson of the New York Jets to Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Why was he rude notwithstanding? That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.